It's a living. Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House as we close out another countdown to Christmas in July with a sleigh ride back to the Stone Age year of our Lord, 1977, to have a gay old time in a Flintstone Christmas. I am loudly demanding an audience with Santa Claus, Mike Westfall. And joining me once again with season's greetings in his soul and yummy fruity pebbles in his bowl, it's Jerry Davila from Totally Rad Christmas. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> hey, Mike, what's up? That was really good. <laughs> I tried. I tried my best. Well done. <laughs> also here with whiskers tied onto his hat, or at least that's what it looks like on the cover of the Christmas podcast podcast. It's Sean Sotka. Hey, Sean. Hi, yabba dabba doo. How are you, Mike? <laughs> oh, guys are showing me up tonight. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. There you go. That's all I got. <laughs> Except for he, that's Take too that young for message. where he is in this one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's too a, young. That's too young for a bam bam. But. I could never get the Flintstones timeline straight. It just jumps yeah. around so much. <laughs> for real. If you go by release order, the kids get older, get younger, get older, get younger. Right. <laughs> that's a, I would love to see somebody map that out. <laughs> oh, I'm sure someone has somewhere. Yeah. yeah now I'm going to have to go digging. Yeah. <laughs> if I find it, it's in the show notes. If I don't, someone get on that. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me on this one. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having me. Man. Absolutely. So so I need to clarify a few things for whoever's listening, because I didn't realize the Flintstones had four Christmas specials. Yep. Yeah, quite a few. The first one was uh, Christmas Flintstone, which is actually, I think, I think part of the show, wasn't it? Part of their, yeah, the normal run mm-hmm. show, which was my first Flintstones uh, exposure for Christmas. So that's the one that really holds dear in my heart. And then, then there was this one in 1977 when I was four dating myself as usual. And uh, <laughs> then, yeah, then a lot of them like the Christmas Carol. And then there's that family Christmas one. I mean, I've got all those on DVD, like I showed you guys. So nice. Yeah. I didn't realize they had a whole box set of them. Um, and yeah, this is not that Christmas Flintstone episode. That was part of the regular season. That that goes back to 1964. This is the one that this is the first true Flintstones Christmas special in quotes. <laughs> Debuting December 7th, 1977 on NBC. Uh, this this is the one I remember watching growing up. The copy I found ran on TNT. I feel like USA's Cartoon Express would play it a lot, and that might be yeah. where I would have yep. watched it. That's where I remember watching it. Okay. Uh, and then Cartoon Network would alternate between this and a Flintstone Christmas Carol later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of 2021, you can watch it on Boomerang if you subscribe to Boomerang. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> or, or just do <laughs> I keep, what I did, buy it on DVD. I keep meaning to, but it uh, it just keeps... You know, the services just keep adding up more and more. Right. <laughs> I think so. I need to just drop cable because I, I don't watch cable anymore. <laughs> I used to work for a cable service. So once I stopped working for a cable service and realized how much everyone else was paying for cable, I decided, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> That's the same here. I used to Smart. work for both a cable company and DirecTV. And then, yeah, once once we cut the cord, now that you cut the cord, you're almost paying as much as you're paying for cable or direct TV <laughs> yeah. to get all these other for services. For all the other so, streaming services. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. I decided, no, I don't need this much television that we're not watching anyway. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, smart choice. So, yeah, so I don't currently subscribe to Boomerang. So the copy I found was part of the Internet Archive's VHS Vault, which you if you have not checked out, go out, go check out the VHS Vault. It is the mother load of digitized tapes. Yeah, there's a lot of history there. And if you just type the word Christmas, oh, my goodness, that's what this <laughs> podcast is all about. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. And I, I mean, I had a lot of nostalgia uh, as soon as I saw some of these commercials here. I mean, it just brought me back to when yes. I was like 13. I mean, it was great, uh, but it did kind of bum me out. It, it reminded me like all the toy commercials were, were like for remote control cars and stuff like that. And I just felt bad for like the kids of the early 90s, you know, because like when we grew up, we had like He-Man and G.I. Joe and like all these cool toys. And uh, I mean... I don't know if it's just because it was on TNT and I, they just didn't have the money to spend for the the big, I don't know, whatever it was. It just, I felt bad. It was just a lot of, you know, a, a lot of little remote control car commercials. So, yeah, I did notice that the one that stood out for me that, that I did have was Domino Rally. Oh, yeah. I, which, yeah. Which, yeah, was the set of dominoes, and some of them were kind of attached to ramps that you could all set up. I yep. didn't have a whole bunch of sets of them, but um, I, I did remember having a few of those, so that stood out to me. Yeah, I remember a friend of mine had one of those, too, and I was so excited every time we'd go over and we'd, like, set it up and then just play and watch it do all its cool stuff. Uh, but I never had one. I, I I did want it, but there was also other stuff I wanted. So yeah. uh, I got the other stuff. There you go. <laughs> I think I was a little old for that by the time you guys hit that because, yeah, I was like almost to my 20s then. If it's okay. 90s. You're talking yeah. 90s, right? 93. Yeah. Early yeah. 90s. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I, this I was 20 was in 93. 93. So <laughs> no domino rally for Sean. Oh, it did look oh, cool though. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did. I was it twenty, was but cool. I still, I still, I still loved it and looked cool. But it's like, nah, I'm not going to buy that. But that does still look cool. I'd love to try it sometime. If oh yeah, had it. right on. Hiding in someone's back closet somewhere. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> uh, but this copy that I found didn't start recording until a minute or so into the special and dumps us right in the beginning of a song. But the gist is. Fred and Barney are out walking through snow-covered downtown bedrock on the night of Christmas Eve, noticing an abundance of Santa Clauses ringing bells on street corners. And that leads us into the song, Which One is the Real Santa Claus? There's a Santa on the roof of the house next door. Which I think was actually my favorite of all the songs, all the original songs here. I mean, I know one of them was used again in like Yogi's, Yogi's that, Christmas or something. That like was that. the outro one, yes. That one I yeah. remember that from. But this yeah, one I think was, is actually the catchiest. That was actually Casper's first Christmas. That's where that song was done. Wow. So, huh. Oh, I got to right on. But that, that yeah. was that was over the, the end credits there. So so if it jumped a minute in, because I watched my uh, DVD for this one, you guys missed that uh, Pebbles and Bam Bam and Wilma and Betty were out bringing a tree in. And a, okay. a slave pulled yeah. by a, uh, uh, a mastodon. Oh, wow. And, uh, <laughs> and what, it's even funnier, there's, you see going on, you see all the snow and stuff, you see this T-Rex come up with earmuffs on. Red earmuffs on his head. <laughs> well, it's cold. <laughs> Ice Age is coming fast. <laughs> so, uh, otherwise, yeah, you didn't really. Uh, then it did. After that, uh, you see uh, the four of them come into there, and all of a sudden, you see Fred and Barney on the 
roadway and it goes into the song where you came into gotcha. so that's you didn't miss a whole lot but yeah that's that's what was missed okay this this first song was actually written for a previous hanna-barbera special it's called a christmas story but it's not that a christmas story <laughs> this one's about a mouse and a dog, dog and, yep i've got that one on dvd too okay yeah <laughs> uh it was written by joe ruby and ken spears who would later start their own ruby animation spears. studio yep. yep yep pretty famous there uh but this array of Santas is a good point to bring up the question once again. How are cave people celebrating Christmas? <laughs> this is the, this is the thing that I and I love this special. I, I remember watching it so many times growing up, but it's the thing that always bugged me about this special. Like what in the world happened? Uh, and so it really lends credence to that theory that uh, that fan theory, is, you know, yep. the fan theory yeah, that it's happening concurrently on on the ground while the Jetsons are happening up in the air. And yeah. it's actually in like a post-apocalyptic future. So. Well, it's right there in the theme song. They're a modern Stone Age family. <laughs> They're not from the prehistoric Stone Age. They're from a post-apocalyptic modern Stone Age, which hopefully isn't coming too soon. Touche. <laughs> there you go. Well, when we start yeah, flying cars sense. and they go, then you know we should <laughs> be looking for the Flintstones. Yep. <laughs> Watch out. And the Astros go from being vans to row row. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, take that, Don Messick. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Who's who's in this briefly as just a side character, but he is not the voice of Bam Bam. We'll talk about him later, but we do need to talk about the cast. Yeah. Was Fred different? I think Fred, Fred is different. different. It sounded a bit different. Well, Alan Reed had died earlier in 1977. Ah, uh, OK, that explains it. Then. So the new voice of Fred Flintstone in this special is Henry Corden. You'd never catch me in one of those outfits. Who did quite a few afterwards too because i did um flintstones christmas carol i can't remember who it was with but uh um yeah so he, he did that one for christmas flintstones christmas carol he did a ton yeah well he was afterwards. fred up until his own death in 2005 so wow. through the through the 80s and 90s which means it is henry corden singing about yummy fruity pebbles in our bowls <laughs> oh Ho, ho, I'm ha, ha, hungry. So so it didn't sound <laughs> off to me. It sounded like the Fred we grew up with, with, I almost said the word resurgence, but the Flintstones never really went away. They're That's still true. hanging out. <laughs> They're yeah. still there, yeah. You can still find them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It. I think because I, I, I've been watching the cartoons a bit more. Okay. And so it's just, you can hear yeah. the difference. And so I remember sounding sure. a bit different now, but I, I, I really like Alan Reed. That's my favorite Fred, but Henry does a really good job. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. It is close. I mean, he, this, he does a pretty, pretty close, you know, mm -hmm. uh, approximation there. Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, but besides Fred Flintstone, Henry Corden did several voices on Thundar the Barbarian, including yeah. Ookla the Mock. That's right. He was Ookla. <laughs> Ookla. Yeah, uh, I love that. I love that show. Thunder was my. It was so that, cool. That was my Saturday morning jam right there. Yeah, the sword. The sword was amazing. So <laughs> I remember. Sword, yep. My parents had a. It was like a, a little building um, that they got uh, when they built like this huge thing in McAllen, and so it was like this golden. It had a, a base, a, a rectangular base, and then it had you know the the building actually on it. It was just like a little model, or whatever. But I'd turn it around and pretend that it was the sun sword. I mean, it looked exactly nice. like it. I mean, it was, just, it was <laughs> awesome. I, I remember building a sun sword out of Legos. Let's put it that way. 
<laughs> and I'm, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so it's like I saw Star Wars first, and then this came along. And it's like, yeah, they're kind of mocking, not yeah. mocking, they're mimicking uh, Star Wars there. So yeah, nice. It helped everything. <laughs> and then Henry Corden's uh, other credits include uh, he was in The Ten Commandments and King Richard and the Crusaders on live TV. He was the monkey's landlord. Oh, okay. And Genie's <laughs> father in I Dream of Genie. Wow. Huh. I don't remember Genie's father, but I remember the monkey's landlord. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love the monkeys. <laughs> that was so good. That was like when, when Nick and Knight started playing the monkeys, my brother and I would watch it a lot. That and Happy Days were our two Nick and Knight shows that we just yeah. cling to for some yep. reason. Yeah. That, those are good ones. Yeah. yeah. You picked some really good ones. There, there you go. Hey. <laughs> and then ho 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 he's ha ha hungry it's mel blank it's barney rubble <laughs> good thinking friend you broke the tree's fall <laughs> barney yeah my classic favorite voice guy ever is oh mel yeah blank. yeah the, the voices he can do i mean everybody knows who mel blank is if they don't then they really haven't watched cartoons Oh, well, uh, and we last heard from Mel Blanc on this podcast in a live uh, performance of himself on the Jack Benny Christmas shopping show. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. He was huge with Jack Benny and that's, yep. oh, he was, he, and he had, he also had his own show on old time radio too. And he's got a couple that's Christmas, right. Christmas mm -hmm. uh, shows that I have listened to too. And, and he does a voice as a, is, he does Porky Pig, but it's a different character at hmm. that point so um and now i'm blanking on who the character's name is but it, it, it stuttered like porky pig the basic it's, idea okay yep. yeah. so huh. uh, and i didn't know this about mel blank he also provided the barking noises for dino yeah that's something yep. that i hadn't i hadn't realized either i could have sworn it was uh it was don messick doing it but nope i was i was wrong i thought it was very too. wrong <laughs> Makes sense. No, I've I've listened yeah. enough of Mel Blank that I knew that that was Mel Blank. Okay, doing the voice. Nice. He does them on on shows too. So he like I think he even does uh, on um the Jack Benny show. He did the his uh, Jack's um car, and I can't think of the name of the car. <laughs> oh, neither yeah. can I. But uh, yeah, that, that old car, and he does. Yeah, he that, those sound effects. Basically, the uh, the speed buggy sound. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. What, I'm sure he did yeah. the speed buggy. I'm sure. He, oh, he did. Yeah. So. That's pretty, pretty much it. So, yeah. But but after the song and a quick trip to the pet store to look at some baby dinosaurs in the window, we cut the Christmas Eve morning and Fred's wobbling on a stepladder trying to put the star on top of the family Christmas tree that I guess we missed getting brought in at the beginning. Yep. <laughs> While being watched by a nervous looking Wilma and Pebbles, both voiced by Gene Vanderpile. Be careful, Daddy. Don't worry, Pebbles. Daddy knows exactly what he's doing. Maybe you should move the ladder a little closer, Fred. Now, Wilma, have a little confidence. That's what I have, Fred. A little confidence. Yeah, and she was, uh, I mean, that was the original Wilma, wasn't she? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, yep. she sounded Wilma ish. <laughs> if that's a word. Yeah, she was the last surviving member of the original Flintstones cast. She died in 1999. Wow. That's amazing. I feel like I brought her up on this show for some reason, but this is her official advent calendar house debut. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, she was also in a bunch of other Hanna-Barbera cartoons. She was Rosie the Robot in The Jetsons. Yeah. And Rosemary the Telephone Operator in Hong Kong Fooey. 
Oh, no oh, way. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's, um, <laughs> that's cool. What I like is when they did the live action Flintstones too with uh, John Goodman, she actually had a role in there. They gave yes, her she a did. role. And it was like a secretary or something. I think it was. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that what an homage to such a, uh, such a wonderful woman who made such an iconic voice. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I always liked about these these animation studios, especially Hanna-Barbera, you know, and Rankin Bass is is they always stick to that same pool of voice actors. And so, I mean, it's just the dedication and stuff like that. They do. It's it's really cool. I you know, you don't find a lot of that nowadays. So, I I can appreciate that. You kind of do and you kind of don't. I think what it is too is the these days that people don't want to hear the same voice over and over. They want to hear these new voices where back then that's why you'd hear like a, a same sounding voice across five or six different cartoons is because they just, that's what they did. So I don't think people minded as much back then as they do now. I, I personally didn't mind. <laughs> no, I didn't mind at all, but no, I don't you kind of still, yeah, you kind of still see that though. You have like Tara strong showing up in uh Loki as miss. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> miss minutes. <laughs> Well, these days too. I mean, other than Mel Blank, the the voice characters really didn't change a whole lot of their voices. There, there was only a select few. Like I'm sure Don Messick, Mel Blank, um, uh, who's the other one, the Disney one that he's all over the place. God, I'm blanking on his name too. But anyways, Paul Freeze. Not Paul Freeze. Um, okay. <laughs> Paul Freeze always pretty much sounded like Paul Freeze. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But he um, had a few voices. He had a range with yeah, him. Yeah, Paul Freeze, a little bit yes. of accents yeah, here and there as but, well. Yeah. But for the most part, they all sounded the same across the cartoons. You could tell it was the same person. Yeah. Um, who who did um, Fred uh, on Scooby-Doo? The guy Frank Welker. Frank Welker. Welker. He's another yeah. one that could mm-hmm. change his voice. Yeah. That's what oh, yeah. 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 So He's still the classic. So I think that's why, too, because... These days you might get them, but they can change their voices and how they sound so mm-hmm. much too. Between that or processing, you can change them up so you can't tell who's who. So I think that's why you you get the not so much these days too is that people want to hear different voices and not many people can do it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But Gene Vanderpile was both Wilma and Pebbles. Interestingly, we kind of mentioned it at the top, but Pebbles along with Bam Bam are a little older than babies. I had, I, for some reason, I didn't remember that they were older. I still thought they were babies. And so yeah. watching it again, it really kind of threw me for a loop. Cause I, me too. I swear I'd like, I visualized, I swear that they were babies in this, but nope. No, well, <laughs> was, cause they're not their older teenage selves yet either. There's which like, is the other one I remember. Yeah. Yeah. They're yep. still single digits, but they're walking around and forming full sentences. So it's, <laughs> it's a weird middle part that we don't see often. Yeah, yeah, like the hidden years or something. And then you yeah. get the Flintstone family Christmas, and then they have children of their own. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you take those three and take out uh, the Christmas Carol one, they actually go up in age per release of episode. And then okay. you throw in Christmas Carol, and then they're back to babies again. <laughs> this timeline well, you know. nuts. <laughs> So, uh, you know, if we're talking post-apocalyptic uh, future, then I guess there's time travel involved. <laughs> That's what brought us back to the Stone Age. People abusing time travel. <laughs> That's right. Flux capacitors everywhere. Yep. Well, we got it in. Yes, uh, sir. <laughs> well, the voice of Bam Bam, who arrives with his parents, is not Don Messick like he was as a baby. It's Lucille Bliss, the future voice of Smurfette. <laughs> Very nice, Bam Bam. 
Thank you, Auntie Wilma. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one that, again, I I just knew the voice right away just because of how, how much I loved the Smurfs. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you just, bam, and just, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I latched onto it like, yeah, I know that. <laughs> oh, goodness. And finally, the voice of Betty Rubble in this special is Gay Hartwig. Oh, it is a beautiful tree. Yeah, especially that fat little ornament. <laughs> Very funny, Bonnie. Later known by her married name, Gay Otterson, she was the third voice of Betty from 1971 to 1981 after B. Benadurit and Jerry Johnson. And this is the bulk of her career. She has 14 credits on IMDb. 12 of them oh. are of Betty Rubble. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> there are two other, they're minor characters in the Jetsons and the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, and that's it. Wow. Uh, but as far as I can tell, she's still with us, just not doing any voice work. Okay. Well, good for her. Yeah. So the Rubbles arrive just as Fred's finishing up decorating the tree, again with trimming the tree on Christmas Eve. Yeah, you know, that's just one of those traditional staples that you don't see very much anymore. I mean, I think once you started shopping earlier and earlier, things just got pushed back more and more. And so, like, now we have people that, like, October 1st will start oh, yeah. decorating or earlier. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sean's, Sean's got his up. He just panned his camera back. Oh, Mine hasn't man. come down. That one has not come yeah. down. Hey, since man. That's last Christmas. So See, this is this is. The, uh, the benefits of having a fake tree. You don't have to take it down. That's yep. right. Yep. And uh, not as much allergens either. Yep. I like breathing. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think after rewatching so many of these, it's just a scene they have to include in these specials. Even if they're condensed to just Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, you've got 30 minutes to an hour to fill. Show the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely got to do that. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it sets the tone of Christmas like yeah. hard, yep. like right away, you know, you feel the Christmas spirit just mm -hmm. because they're trimming the tree. In this case, Fred's putting on the last ornament in just the wrong place to cause the whole tree <laughs> to fall over right on top of them. You know, that kind of gave me a little PTSD working at a Christmas store. Oh, <laughs> standing on ladders, trying to get things just right. And yep. things start leaning and you're like, no, oh. no, no. <laughs> trying your best. Did your copy have where Barney and um, Betty rang the doorbell? And they come in and just so they come in and you hear crunch and Fred's hanging from the tree. Yeah. That was right before that. Yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> He's just hanging from the star and the tree's kind of bent over in a horseshoe shape. And then, and then of course, <laughs> yeah. there's Barney with his wisecrack coming about that big, big ornament hanging, especially that, that big, big ornament. That big fat one in the front. Yep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's one of those uh, classic things. Uh, I, and I, don't remember where I've seen it. I just know I've seen it a lot where, you know, you put something on and it just starts to fall over. Uh, yeah. So I like the way Flintstones did it, though. I, you know, it just it, it was it seemed right with Barney always kind of having to save Fred, yeah, <laughs> from his own shenanigans. Yeah, well, then it's quite a way to go, Fred. Way to soften the uh, or block the fall of the you tree. Broke the tree, yeah, yeah. Broke the <laughs> you broke the fall. Yeah. <laughs> and thankfully, Bam Bam's there to put the tree back upright again. The strongest boy in the world. Yep. But then Wilma <laughs> tells him and Pebbles to go listen to some records or something. I have to talk to Daddy. 
<laughs> yeah, well, and the, what's weird about that? Uh, Bam Bam goes, yes, Auntie Wilma. Okay. Yeah, he's in, one of in the future, if Pebbles and Bam Bam get together and he's calling <laughs> Wilma Auntie, granted, I know they're not related. All a Bam Bam's adopted for one thing, and plus, Barney and Betty aren't related, but it still sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I've had this conversation before. It came up somewhere. Oh, it was <laughs> we were talking about Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July, and Frosty's kids call Rudolph Uncle Rudolph. Yeah, and they, and I've encountered a few families who they have close friends and they call each other aunt and uncle. And it's just not something I ever did. Yeah. We, we have a few, uh, family friends that they call aunt. And oh uncle. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I've got that too, but nothing to where in the future you see that they're going to be dating. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, you know, having children, always 2020. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what Wilma has to talk to daddy about is she and Betty want Fred to play Santa Claus at the ladies auxiliary's Christmas party for the bedrock orphanage. Well, who better to play Santa than Fred? Absolutely. He's, got the, he's got the physique for it and uh, he's got the laugh. I say <laughs> well, the, phys- <laughs> the physique part. Uh, Barney does point out. Yeah. Thanks, Barney. <laughs> A lot of those jokes from Barney. <laughs> well, you know, you're not a good friend if you don't uh, if you don't roast. throw your friend under the bus a little bit. Don't roast, <laughs> roast your him. friend, yeah, roast some... him. There you go. That's the right word. <laughs> so, were your parents part of organizations like this, like a Rotary Club or whatever? Nope. No. No. Not me at all. neither. This to me seems like a before our time thing. I, it's got to be right. I mean, they they even have like little homages and stuff like that in in like one division. Uh, yeah, and, and that's that exactly nature. what I but, thought of. But it's just, it's so, I don't recall any organizations like that that my parents were a part of. Well, Hanna-Barbera, uh, Hanna the two guys there, they grew up probably in that time. So they're just writing about what they knew because that had to be like in the 50s. Sure. Maybe into the 60s at the latest that those organizations, but like 40s and 50s, I'm sure they're, or at least they make it sound like they were abound. So, I mean, that's, that's where I'm pulling those ideas from. Well, and you know, you go to Christmas parades and stuff like that and you'll see, you'll still see the, uh, what are they called? Not the friars. Club, the Shriners. The, uh, the Shriners, you know, you'll still see Shriners yeah. around doing their, their bit. Yep. So, I mean, I guess they're still around. I just, I don't recall my parents being involved in anything like that. No. Well, nowadays when you see Shriners and groups like that, they seem very generational. So it's like, their kids who are our age are in it because their parents were. Yeah, for sure. But at any rate, Fred does not want to play Santa, making up the excuse that his co-workers <laughs> would never let him live it down. And <laughs> really? That's your hang-up? I would jump at the chance to be Santa. Me too, for real. Uh, you know what? And if my co-workers said anything, I'd rub it in their face that they couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> that they couldn't be Santa. <laughs> if I get if I get my beard growing out, I wouldn't need to worry about a beard. There you go. Yeah, mine's not gray enough yet. Yeah, same here. It's getting there, but <laughs> I, need, I need a few more years. Wait till your kids get older. Then they'll start going really gray. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, Barney drops off Fred at work at Slate Quarry, and Fred's immediately called into his boss, Mr. Slate's office. <laughs> and there at a secretary's desk, we get our mandatory Flintstones instance of an animal functioning as a modern appliance and telling us, the audience, eh, it's a living. <laughs> the first time that comes in, but that's not the first time an animal because of the elevator. 
Yeah, no, Fred we had the elevator. There was a dinosaur. The dinosaur, and he says, "This is supposed to be an express elevator." Huh? And lets it go. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, in the Flintstone Zone, doorbell is a dinosaur, like just hitting. It's chimes. a monkey, yeah. Like, oh, the oh, monkey, monkey. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Um, there's an episode of Parks and Rec where they go to visit the animal control. And they're like, is that a dead bird on the wall? <laughs> the guy, you know, they're like two stoner guys. And, and he says, uh, yeah, we tried to, to hook it up, make a whistle like a Flintstones. It's harder than it looks, though. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So I, you know, it's funny because it's you're right. They try to superimpose like all these prehistoric images on on this modern, you know, this modern family, you know, uh, a la honeymooner style. Uh, and and I just it works, man. It got me when I was little, and it still got me right now. I oh just, yeah, I couldn't stop laughing. Speaking <laughs> of honeymooners, I think that's what they based Fred on was Jackie Gleason. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Jackie Gleason. Yeah, yeah. Gleason even uh, even threatened to sue for a bit, and then he realized uh, that uh, he would be known as the guy who yanked Fred Flintstone off the air. <laughs> right. <laughs> so no thanks. And saying nah. that, I can just only picture Jackie Gleason and Smokey and the Bandit then doing that being. Like the sheriff was there trying to yank that off, just being irate, like like he was the sheriff. <laughs> okay, I, I, I won't make any quotes because I don't think they're family friendly. From smoking yeah. the bandit from Jackie Gleason, so yeah, probably, yeah, probably not. <laughs> but in this case, it's a prehistoric parrot acting as an intercom speaker, flying into Mister Slate's office to relay the message, and then back out to tell Fred to come in. Talk about lag time, <laughs> right? Yeah, well. I love how how nervous Fred is too when he realizes that Mr. Slate wants to see him. Yeah, like, that seems to be a running theme in in shows with this same dynamic. Yeah, he's like, well, I, I always get to work on time and I, I do what I'm told. I mean, he's just like running down the list of everything good, right? <laughs> he's done, and he's just so panicked that uh, Mr. Slate's gonna get after him or fire him or something. Yeah, they had that on dinosaurs too. The, they did. Yeah. We just talked about dinosaurs. Yep. So nice. I just that made me remember that. And, uh, yep. There you go. Well, in we go to the office of Mr. Slate, voiced by John Stevenson. Winstone. How long have you been with me? Not nearly long enough, Mr. Slate. (laughs) Who was also fancy, fancy on Top Cat, Dr. Benton Quest. Yeah. The Paul Lind sounded like Mildew Wolf, Mr. Peevely on Help, It's the Hair Bear Bunch. (laughs) Oh, wow. I forgot about that one. (laughs) So did I. (laughs) Oh, talk about memories. Deep cut right there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he was also Professor Xavier on Pride of the X-Men. Yeah, which is strange. Like, I I watched it uh, about a month ago, and, uh, I mean, Australian Wolverine. I mean, now we don't <laughs> think about it because of Hugh Jackman. Right. But, uh, it, it was strange back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hugh Jackman doesn't use his accent for Wolverine, that, so it's still strange. Tr- yeah. <laughs> and one last John Stevenson role I have to bring up. In a short-lived cartoon I loved called Galaxy High, he was the intergalactic school bully Beef Bonk. I remember <laughs> Galaxy High. I don't yeah. get to talk about Galaxy High a lot, so when it comes up, I gotta mention it. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it, yeah. <laughs> so Mr. Slate tells Fred, I want you to think about another job, which causes Fred to beg and plead on his knees at first, only to find out the other job is 
playing Santa at the ladies' auxiliary party. What a coincidence. Wow. Imagine that. <laughs> Who didn't yeah, see yeah. that coming? Right. I love this this like perfectly coincidental writing. <laughs> yeah. Because apparently Mrs. Slate wants Fred to be Santa, and this time he happily agrees to appease his boss. Of course. And happily strolls out of his office into Mr. Slate's closet. <laughs> <laughs> Another trope from that time. Yep. yep. Yeah. A classic gag. Yep. And he leaves properly and clocks out. That was his whole work day going into Slate's office. <laughs> uh, he's got to prepare for his other job. Yeah. Yeah. Could be <laughs> setting the Jetsons time. Cause remember how long yeah. you know, George Jetson would work. What? Home two, by three lunch. Hours? Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard of half days, but Fred got to work, mumbled to himself that he wasn't late, went in the Slate's office, picked up the Santa suit and clocked out. <laughs> now that's what I call a work day. Right? There's <laughs> a new definition to banker's hours. <laughs> <laughs> and now he sings us a pretty nice song on the way home about Christmas being his favorite time of the year. It's my favorite time of the year. It's that magical time of good cheer. I guess part of the reasons, the heart of the season of Christmas is practically here. Yeah, it, it was a nice, uh, a nice little ditty. I mean, it, it, I, the thing about these songs is that nothing really sticks out to me. Like they're not as memorable as uh, as some of the others. And not that they're not good songs. I, I really actually enjoyed the songs. I just. Um, I don't know if it's because it didn't get as much play on like major networks, but it just, um, they just, they're not quite as memorable, at least to me. Probably too, because they all meld together with all the other Hannibal Barra songs that they Well, yeah, that's all true. They're all in that same, same style. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. do. Yeah. This is It sounds like background music. Yeah. So this would be nice to put on a Christmas playlist where you have like the a Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack. Yeah. Like all of that. You just need background music for tree trimming. Yeah, I could see that. But Make it happen, guys. There you go. <laughs> uh, but going through this song, you, you see some uh, toy store window scenes. And did anybody else think that the toy caveman doll that kisses the cave lady doll looked a little bit like Shaggy? <laughs> <laughs> now that you mentioned it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was weird, but he's wearing like the, the animal hide. <laughs> You know, uh, I want to say there's a couple of episodes where Shaggy is dressed like a caveman as well. Yeah, he would fit in right away in Bedrock. Might be a little (laughs) taller than everybody, but that's all. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But when Fred gets home, he tells Wilma, well, Mr. Slade invited me into his office, offered me a cigar to butter me up, and went on about his fantastic acting ability. (laughs) <laughs> and we can see the look of intrigue in Wilma's eye like she knows what really happened yep. and didn't contain any cigars or acting compliments. <laughs> Wilma is savvy. She she knows what it's all about. Yep. <laughs> she always has. I, I love it because she's very practical, but at the same time, you know, she's just she's sly. She's She's got it down. Oh, yeah. She, she knows when to call him out. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But no matter, Fred tries on the new suit, and it's not a new suit, but it works. Yeah, it, it's nice. The one thing that always stuck out to me is, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but when I saw his suit, I remember always thinking, like, well, where's his beard? You know, and uh, then later on, of course, when he's 
doing the thing that we'll get to. Uh, yeah. He does have the beard, but it's like that Amish style beard with the mustache. <laughs> right. And that always kind of bothered, uh, bothered me as well, too. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't it's know. better than the nothing that he starts out with. That's true. Yeah, you're right. But the rubbles arrive and Wilma and Betty leave to take the kids to the party. And no sooner do they leave that Fred and Barney hear some kind of noise outside. There arose such a clatter. Yeah, they go out to investigate <laughs> to find a pair of boots sticking out of a large pile of snow on the side of the house. And these boots belong to the real Santa Claus. OK, so Barney actually says, you know, hey, there's some boots here or something like that. And my the whole time I'm just thinking, how does he know what boots are? Like they're always barefoot. Exactly. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, that every, drove me nuts when I was little. Like, what are boots? They don't know about boots. <laughs> and it gives gives Santa away too because he's got pants too. Because every yeah. man's got like that big old dress. Right, they're just type. yeah, that's true. Toga, yeah. To, toga type. Toga, yeah, like wearing, animal hide togas. The hide, yeah. And then, San, and then Santa's <laughs> got pants. Yeah, Santa is very traditional Santa. Even the bell ringing Santas at the beginning had that sort of cave style santa suit yep. but yep. not this santa this is the real deal or at least barney's convinced it's really santa pretty quickly fred's not sold right away <laughs> no in fact doesn't he tell barney to like go call like an asylum yeah. or yeah, something because we got one of their, got one of their yeah. people yep <laughs> yikes <laughs> uh, but the voice of this santa is hal smith i didn't slip flintstone i tripped when are you ever going to fix your roof it's like an obstacle course. My roof. Hey, Bonnie, this guy really plays his part to the hilt. Yeah, yes. owl. That's how yes. I do him. Yes, that, I think he's. That's his most famous role, probably. Yeah. he's done a few other Santas too. Yes, he has. Yeah, this is his first appearance on this podcast as Santa. At least he's been on a few times. We last heard him uh, in Halloween as Grinch Night as Grandpa Josiah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, Santa claims he tripped on Fred's roof and sprained his ankle. So Fred brings him inside without a second thought. He's not convinced this is the real Santa, but at least his first thought is a charitable one. Bring the hurt dude inside out of the cold. Yeah. What a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, but even if one of his next thoughts after bringing the old man inside is telling Barney, this is when he tells him, quick, call the asylum. <laughs> <laughs> Barney reluctantly goes to his house to make the call, but looks up at Fred's roof to find Santa's actually honest to goodness glittering in the night sky sleigh with his reindeer and bag of toys. I got really nostalgic for the uh, effects uh, during that part. You know, the the, the glitter, the sparkles, yeah, the sparkles. Yep. Yeah. Like a mini Northern Lights. <laughs> yeah, it. It just it brought me back to my childhood right away. I mean, yeah. I, I loved that, and I loved how the uh, the, the Simpsons, how the Flintstones. Uh, <laughs> sorry, six of one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I love how how the Flintstones always use that kind of effect, uh, like throughout, like especially with uh, what was his name, Kazoo. Uh, yep. Kazoo. Yeah. yeah the great alien. Kazoo. Yeah. The great. Great Kazoo. Kazoo. Yeah. Yeah. This. I mean, it just it. Uh, those are like my favorite episodes. So when I saw that around the reindeer, it just I got. Just so giddy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to jump back to hell quick here. Sure. Um, have you covered Mickey's Christmas Carol? Because he did the voice of Goofy in that. Yes, I did. Yes. And yes, he did. It's a weird. He was a weird interstitial Goofy. Yeah. Yeah. 
between the death of Pinto Colvig and uh, Bill Farmer, who's doing it still. Wow. There might have been one or two in between that, but Hal Smith was a for a very brief period, the voice of Goofy. And it's a weird one, but it's kind of a transitional because as you kind of follow the flow of Goofy's voice, it, it's an evolution to what we have now. Yeah. Gorsh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was in a, a Halloween, Disney's Haunted Halloween, but he was yep. accredited in that one. Okay. So, yeah, it wasn't, like you said, a whole lot, but he was he was goofy for a short bit. Yeah. Yeah, my, my daughter was, like, super into Winnie the Pooh, and she was, like, between one and a half to, like, five. So, as as soon as I saw Hal Smith, I was like, owl. That's there it. he is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> But now that we see Santa's sleigh on the roof, now Fred's excited that Santa's in his house right now. And see, he knew it all the time. It was Santa. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Classic Fred. Yep. yep. <laughs> but Santa's got more problems besides a sprained ankle. He's caught a cold. Yeah. How does that happen? Okay. So is Santa magical or not? Because do, I mean, do magical beings get colds? It's, I guess it depends on your universe, right? I guess so. Depends upon what kind of story you want to relay to. The year without a Santa Claus, he gets a cold. <laughs> he does. I wouldn't know how the guy who spends half the night in the cold winter air flying from <laughs> chimney top to chimney top <laughs> caught a cold. <laughs> and he lives at the North Pole. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just one wipeout into a pile of snow will do it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's all like it I said, takes. It depends upon what, how you want to move the story along, too. That's right. <laughs> So Fred and Barney are concerned about Santa's health and don't think he can continue his Christmas Eve run in this condition and someone else should take his place. But Santa replies, where am I going to find someone who's this jolly, this dedicated, <laughs> this fat? <laughs> and that's when Barney immediately volunteers Fred for the job. <laughs> he does. It's that's just a running gag, you know? Yep. <laughs> very, very honeymooners. Very honeymooners. Uh, and Barney additionally volunteers himself to be a Santa's elf. Yeah. And I love his outfit. It was very Smurfs. It was. Yeah. Like one of the humans in Smurfs. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like uh, Peewit or the other one. I mean, it just, it reminded me just yeah. of just some of those guys. But. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> well, Santa is magical because with a wave of his hand, he magics Barney and elf costume and he kind of gives... Fred, the upgrade to his, that includes the beard. Includes the, the beard with no mustache. The Amish yeah. beard, yep. 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 This is a new superpower I didn't know Santa had, though, but I like it. Well, yeah, I do too, but at the same time, it's just, it's very much, uh, so I guess even magic hasn't cured the common cold yet? No. So, well. Oh, well. <laughs> But yeah, the beard with no mustache just always drove me nuts. I mean, and I love, I love the Rankin Bass. Uh, you, you know, what is, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town, but still, it just—that's one of my pet peeves, man. Give him a mustache, please. Just give him a mustache. <laughs> I could go either way. I gotcha. Yeah, but Santa gives Fred an overview on how to make his delivery run, including reindeer turn signals, which. Yeah. I feel like we don't hear about that often enough. Give me more reindeer turn signals. Yeah, there's like a whole uh, a whole little, you know, I, I mean, I just picture Santa 
like taking a driver's test, <laughs> 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 you know, having to take in the written portion and, uh, and just, okay. So if you want to turn right, you got to do this. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see that. What I like too is, and what I can totally relate to is you see Fred kind of glaze over with getting the instructions like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not hearing yeah. the word. Nope. That would, that would be <laughs> yeah. me when he's saying that on how to drive those reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that would have been the point where something would have come up later and they forgot the reindeer turn signals, but that doesn't seem to be a problem ever. Yeah. You'd think that they, they set it up so well, you'd think it would come back. Uh, like, yeah. Oh, well. the fill time. We then <laughs> yeah. cut to Fred in the driver's seat of Santa's sleigh with an old familiar trope. Guy filling in for Santa doesn't know the names of his reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's just classic there. Good old Barney uh, to the rescue. Yep. I think this <laughs> I, I time mean, we get jumper, thunder, bouncer, and blunder. <laughs> it's better than lawn chair, like in Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah, I've oh, heard lawn I've chair. Heard <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thankfully, Barney the elf knows his Christmas trivia to name all the reindeer, and they're off. We get a short scene of them flying over the rooftops, but Santa Fred makes his first stop, diving feet first down the chimney. I do love the recurring gag of him not being able to get back up. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was a little, a little, just, I don't know. I, I guess he's never read, uh, Twas the night before Christmas. Yeah. I guess not. Well, and that answers the question at the end there, but. Oops. Spoilers. That's all right. Sorry. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Now, all it takes is a dog biting your toe. That gets you back up on the roof. That's exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Go right up. I was one. <laughs> Like, try the front door. Yeah. A Flintstones Christmas will return in a prehistoric moment. Watch me get Fred's Fruity Pebbles. Who are you? I'm the master rapper, and I'm here to say I love Fruity Pebbles in a major way. He loves Fruity Pebbles in a major way. The bedrock yellow, orange, purple, lime, and red. But to get the fruity taste, I gotta trick Fred. Fruity Rudy. To get the fruity taste, he's got a trick, Fred. Bonnie. Yes, that's a wrap. Most fruity pebble cereal, part of this nutritious breakfast. Yeah, but that was delicious. Radio control vehicles you control with your own voice. Voice command. Turn right. You speak, they listen. Voice Stop. Command. The power's in your command. Back. Voice command crush you, somebody else. And now back to a Flintstone Christmas on TNT. Meanwhile, let's go check in quickly on the Christmas party where Wilma's happy the kids are having a good time, but Mr. Slade is starting to get impatient with wherever Santa is. Yeah, I mean, when you hire a guy to do a job, you want him to do the job, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially when there are a lot of uh, rowdy little kids waiting for presents. I mean, we want yeah. presents. Get it, get it done, man. <laughs> We're not quite there yet. We're now still in the kids are having fun phase of the party, so everything's going swimmingly. Yeah, so far, so good. Yes. Not quite so rowdy. Nope, not yet, but it's coming. Uh, but for now... <laughs> We get a very starry, almost glittery transition back to Fred and Barney showing us they're still at the first house. <laughs> Santa gave them a lot of flying tips, but forgot to mention anything about getting back up chimneys. Yeah, that would have been pretty helpful, I think. Whoops. That's when you need the ladder. They rose such a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
This is basically the same plot as the Santa Claus now that you mention it. <laughs> so you're saying the Santa Claus ripped off uh, Flintstones Christmas. Well. <laughs> Spread that around, guys. Just, just no. <laughs> Mid-90s, Disney's just taking things from other Christmas specials willy-nilly. That is true. <laughs> so he goes out the front door and a helpful dog in the front yard bites Fred's foot so hard he leaps back up onto the sleigh on the roof. Yeah, that's nice when animals get to help out. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the next stop, Fred wants to try something different. He thinks Barney will fit down the chimney better, so he <laughs> ties a rope around him and holds on to the other end onto the ground. And when Barney holds his nose and jumps in like he's doing a cannonball into a swimming pool, Fred gets pulled behind him down the chimney himself. <laughs> That's a classic trope, too. You always this see that. a good gag, yeah. Oh, like going gag. around the trees that they got them all up and just thunk. That was like the scene in the sandlot where they're hanging him from the rope with the tire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> Uh, and here we get another song here called Sounds of Christmas Day as we get the old montage of Santa's sleigh flying over famous places around the world. Sleigh bells ring to say it's Christmas. Children sing the song of Christmas. Santa bring the joy of Christmas. All on Christmas Day, the sound of toy trains going chugga-chugga-dong. Yeah, you got to have those uh, those famous landmarks. Yep. Which, again, if it was uh, the Stone Age... Wouldn't even be thought of. No, you're not buying the rock Eiffel Tower? No, no, not quite. (laughs) We also passed rock Egypt and some Dutch windmills. I think they fly past the Kremlin? All while Fred's just tossing wrapped packages and toys off the sleigh. Hopefully nothing's breakable somehow. No. Well, that's how they show it in Google Maps, so. That's true, yeah. So, you know, they were just ahead of their time in 1977. Yeah. yeah. It's like in the future, this is what's going to happen. Well, at least on some other ones you see, they have either parachutes or uh, umbrellas at least break their fall. Yeah, yeah, there are a few of those. And in one shot, there's a crowd of kids catching the presents out of the air. <laughs> How do they know which one's which? I mean, I guess just whichever. luck of the draw. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Santa has really good aim. It comes with the job. Yeah. He showed Fred like the right toss, I guess. I don't know. Flick of the wrist. This reminded me there was a so so there was a game in like 94, 95 for the Sega Genesis called Christmas. Uh, no, Days Before Christmas, but it's like D-A-Z-E. Yeah. It, it was never released in the U.S. Uh, I happen to have a, a copy, you know, a ROM version of it for an nice. emulator. Uh, it's actually really fun, but there's like several different uh, levels out of the 24 because it goes by like days. Like each day you do. Oh. And there's like a few where you're flying in the sleigh and you have to throw the present down the chimney and so i got <laughs> i i just i got a lot of flashbacks right there just trying to you know, make sure that i i land the present right in the chimney i mean it's a fun little game but you know nothing special is it like paper boy where you have to get it just right <laughs> kind of oh, yeah okay yeah. i forgot like about chi- that game no paper boy is classic. oh that was a classic that was <laughs> that fun. was good well while we're talking about the kids catching the presents go to bed kids you're not supposed to be up when santa <laughs> is it's true. He doesn't come if you're awake. No. Oh. I get why they're showing it during this song. They're all kids dressed like they're from different parts of the world. But yeah, I got a huge small world vibe from that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I did, too. <laughs> yeah. 
It just it made me really want to go to Disney again. Come on down. It's been too long. Well, give me a heads up and I'll we'll hang out. Right well, on. Let's do it. Harley was Santa anyway because he got to Fred and Fred's house just after Wilma left, going to the kids' party. That's, That's right. True. Yeah. So I mean, maybe in this uh, post-apocalyptic universe, it doesn't matter what time Santa comes. <laughs> yeah, they've just thrown all of those out the window. Yeah, I guess you're right. His rules just don't matter. Nope. Uh, but shortly after this song, Fred and Barney note they're halfway done when they get caught in a nasty snowstorm. Snowstorm. This is where I wish they had Rudolph with them because they could have just kept going. Yeah, only eight reindeer this time. Yeah. So I guess Rudolph, uh, I guess he just is only used when he's needed. Yeah, well, and I've mentioned this a few times. I don't know when. Yeah, it's not foggy. It's a snowstorm. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, so they they could see it. It's just they get a lot of, of, oh, didn't he say like, isn't this like hard air or something like that? Or Yeah, there's no, there's no reindeer that can help with turbulence. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good line. (laughs) Thank you. I like that. Yep. Here's the first part of the special where I really noticed, hey, wait a minute. There are multiple bags of presents. It's not one big, huge bag. Yeah, I noticed that, too. That was very strange. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I never have either. It's always just the one bag, you know, either ridiculously huge or, you know, just moderately big, but it just never ends or, you know, just something like that. But three bags. I mean, that's. A bag with the charm from Hermione Granger making it so you can store everything inside of it. That's how I always thought it worked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, The Mary me Poppins bag. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Hermione wishes she was Mary Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, got herself a redhead. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> And actually, now that I think about the individual bags, my kids each have individual delivery bags from Santa with their names stamped on them. But I just imagine those are in the larger, regular big bag. Yeah, yeah, same mm-hmm. here. But, huh. Well, I mean, I guess. No, I, I got nothing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's where Barney notices something on the Slay's dashboard that I've talked about before with you, Jerry. It's a CB radio. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, do you have CB radio experience? Because I don't. Um, yeah. Hey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to be on the radio. My handle was uh, Creeping Death. So Creeping <laughs> Perfect. Death, like like uh, the Metallica song. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly where I got it from. Yep. Good. Right so, on. yeah, I've got experience with it. Nice. This radio gives them a direct line back to Santa, but you got to do it right, Barney explains. <laughs> that I have the lingo. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Every time I I see a CB radio, I just think of that one uh, horror film from like the late 90s, early 2000s uh, with the truck driver. And they like pretend uh, they pretend they're like a, a an attractive truck driver. I can't remember. Is it? Is it Joyride? Joy. I think that's it. Yeah. Something like that. Well, that just made me think of Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo's <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. But it is, uh, I mean, I think Todd Killian would consider it a Christmas movie because the guy's name is, or, or the, the handle that they pretend, you know, the hot girls is uh, mm-hmm. Candy Cane. Nope. There, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So. Yeah, just like, just like I said, like Johnny Bravo's Christmas. Yeah. 
What what was her the, name? Uh, I don't remember what it is. It's just really hot sounding girl and gets over there and just big old woman. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. Oh shoot, no, she was fine, but it wasn't what yeah. Johnny was picturing. Of course, Johnny being yeah, well, Johnny, chauvinist uh, Johnny. he is. Yeah, <laughs> and the chauvinist he is. Yeah. So the girl could probably use Johnny as a pogo stick. So yeah, well, <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't, to be honest. Well, the, the French girl did use him yeah, as a whipping yeah, you're stick. Right. That's what it was. <laughs> no, Barney calls out at Sky Sled, calling Big Red. And Santa tells Fred the only solution at this point is to head to his workshop at the North Pole and pick another bag of toys. <laughs> Got a spare. Ready yeah. to go. <laughs> I liked this whole North Pole scene. Oh, it yeah. Was, uh, it was something different. I mean, uh, we've mm -hmm. seen like bits and pieces of it in other specials, but I just as a whole, I don't know. I just found it very refreshing, you know, as, as a the way they visualize everything. And Mrs. Claus was, uh, I mean, she was pretty nice. She you. was, yeah. So the voice of Mrs. Claus here is Virginia Gregg. Oh, my goodness, yes. Mr. Flintstone, Mr. Rubble. My husband thought you were coming, and our elves have almost finished filling up a whole new sack of presents. Oh, yes. Who was primarily known for her work in radio drama, but mm -hmm. the role that stood out to me the most in her filmography was an uncredited role as the voice of Norma Bates in the Psycho movies. What? Yes. <laughs> Normie. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I listen a lot of wow. OTR, old time radio. So, yeah, I, I know Virginia Gregg really well. Okay. Wow. Uh, but I didn't know that about the Psycho one. Yep. Yeah, because she's not credited. It's, I guess, yeah. someone found out somehow and they filled it in. So so it's the first three Psycho movies that she's the voice. Wow. See, it gets me about Mrs. Claus in this. Though. She does not seem worried at all that Santa sprained his ankle and is. Has no. A cold. <laughs> yeah. I guess she's relieved that they took him in and they set him up and he's recovering. So I guess she's like, well, I guess he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, after hundreds of years of marriage, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, and even on the phone with him later, she describes Fred and Barney as a couple of bumblers, but their hearts are in the right place. <laughs> that checks out. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, it's it's Santa calling him that. Excuse me. Yeah, Santa calls oh, him Oh, Santa, that. yeah, oh, you're right. Know. Yeah, he says that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Fred and Barney arrive, offer to help build and test new toys, and into the workshop we go <laughs> on a conveyor belt to meet the elves as they sing a brand new kind of Christmas song. <laughs> Which, again, it just seemed like a weird aside that had nothing really to do with the main plot, but I still enjoyed it. No, well, you got to show Santa's workshop. It was a nice yeah. little montage. But I got to be honest, I really felt like they should have given it more of the classic Flintstones. We're cave people aesthetic because it's it's just Santa's workshop yeah. straight up. Yeah, yep. I would have liked yep. to have seen that, too. I, I think it would have been a, a cool new take on it. Yeah, but they kind of just plopped cookie cutter Santa and his elves in the workshop and his wife in here all as is. Yeah. Some of the toys are series appropriate. They got like stuffed woolly mammoths and saber tooth tigers and things, but that's as close as we're getting, I guess. Uh, more, more fuel for that fan theory. 
There you go. <laughs> well, back at the Christmas party, all the kids have now grown restless and they're chanting, We want <laughs> we Santa. Want we, want Santa. <laughs> we want Santa. We want Santa. We, we want, want Santa first. Then they, yeah. Then first they presents, want Santa. Yeah. Then they call for the presents. But for some reason, it's fallen on Mr. Slate to reassure the kids Santa's coming. Adding under his breath to Wilma, and he'd better get here soon. <laughs> Why is Mr. Slate handling this at the ladies' party? Where's Mrs. Slate? You know, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, in the back cooking? I don't know. Because it's they only show they only show uh, Wilma and Betty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's huh. the only women that you see at this women's <laughs> right. All two of them. So hopefully uh, Mrs. Slate's actually a part of it. <laughs> I, I hope so. Huh. Getting the, yeah, well, she's supervising, making the husband do everything. There you go. Yeah. Sounds about right. But, but back <laughs> in the air, we're starting to see Fred and Barney really get the hang of tossing presents down chimneys, like trick basketball shots from the moving sleigh. <laughs> You know, there's a there's that whole thing where people work out the physics of it and like how long they they take. And I like to think of it more as like a time slows down kind of a thing. But okay, uh, yeah, that's but yeah, Slate's a time know, like, machine, folks. They, yeah, exactly. So I, I imagine after all this practice, they're 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 gotten pretty good at it. Yeah. But here's Maybe. where Barney says in passing, "This is more fun than having a party." And the word "party" makes Fred remember. Oops, they're supposed Uh-oh. to be at one. What now? The answer is call Santa back up and <laughs> we don't hear the conversation. We just cut to the sleigh zooming over more rooftops and Fred explaining it's a good thing Santa told us about the super speed button. <laughs> yeah, There was a gotta... super speed button this whole time. Wow. So not only uh, is it a time machine, but <laughs> it can go super fast. Too. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the time machine aspect of it. I don't know. But maybe. lead with that, Santa. Yeah. <laughs> I always loved uh, like whatever we'd grow up and we'd play. I always had a turbo boost button on, a, <laughs> on yep. all these fake vehicles that I would make. <laughs> so so this this just lined up very well. There you go. <laughs> turbo boost. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I get that from Kit a lot. I'd, I'd love that. And yeah, that. there you go. Yep. Boom, turbo boost. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Feeney is Kit. Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney, yeah. Well, back at the party, the kids are still chanting, we want Santa. That's not okay. <laughs> no. Is this the lamest Christmas party ever that there's nothing else for these kids to do? Where's like the cake or the candies or cookies or something? I mean, some sort of Christmas treats, you know? Yeah. There isn't much for decorations either. <laughs> they ate all the treats and now they're hopped up on goofballs. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sugar rush. Yep. I feel like when I went to Christmas parties as a kid, Santa was almost an afterthought. I was just happy to be there. Yeah. See, and I remember every Christmas Eve, like we'd have some close family friends come over. I mean, it wasn't like a party party, but, you know, we'd have some friends come over. And so the adults would go do their thing and us kids would just go around playing all sorts of toys and games and everything. So, I mean, I feel like that's kind of what would happen, right? That's what I thought. But these kids were told Santa was coming and they're tired of waiting. (laughs) Yeah. All right, kids. I get it. I don't know. Growing up, yeah, too, we'd have all our whole family, extended family. My we had like five aunts and uncles for mm-hmm. my mom, and we'd all get together in the place, so it would be packed. But 
us kids, we'd be anticipating Santa, but not like this. I mean, no, because Santa would come, but uh, we'd all be playing with each other and being yeah. occupied as the adults talk to, and then Santa would come. Right. The adults would that. be upstairs and we'd be downstairs. Yep. Sounds about right. Well, Fred and Barney, meanwhile, unload their final batch of presents over a tiny clump of furnished caves that <laughs> claims to be Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to take their word for it on that one. Yeah. Well, first off, this special is totally neglecting time zones, if that's really Switzerland. But <laughs> I've seen that happen before. Well, you know that, too, when you go Flintstones first, and then they're going over to the east, like, I don't know, like France and all that stuff. France, Egypt, yeah. Yeah, they're just all know. over the place. <laughs> Fred doesn't I know. I mean, I, I would think Santa would have like a good flight plan mapped out like you ahead would of think. time. Just yeah. go around this way. <laughs> and and you would think again the, that the reindeer would know it pretty well, but oh well. Yeah. Get with the program, <laughs> reindeer. You don't have to listen to this guy just because yeah, he's taken he's, over. He's just a phony. <laughs> they know how to get home. You just tell the reindeer to go home and they go home. So you'd think they'd know the route. Yeah. You would oh, think. Well. Secondly, they're dropping these boxes from higher and higher altitudes. <laughs> they killed them all. <laughs> yeah, the first time we see them do this, we hear an audible thud. And it, hope nothing's breaking or no yeah. one. I mean, we know what happens when you drop a penny off of something. <laughs> so, <laughs> Nothing. <a> big present. <laughs> Although, you know what? what? I guess one thing that kind of defeats uh, or, or at least puts a little damper on our, uh, on our theory there is that uh, as they're going higher and higher they still don't encounter the jetsons so hey yeah <laughs> unless the jetsons are just really up there well it's at night so you can't see them it's switzerland so maybe <laughs> maybe they're on the <laughs> other side of that mountain <laughs> or, or maybe yeah, you're the, right. the stars you see up there are actually the lights from the cities up above oh okay. i like that yeah, yeah that's why it's <laughs> so starry there you huh? go it's yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> it's all right, everyone. Uh, and then once again, back at the party, Mr. Slate gives Fred one more minute to get there. Yep. And meanwhile, Pebbles asks Wilma. Mama, Santa's not coming, is he? Oh, Pebbles. <laughs> Poor little Pebbles. And her mom reassures her, we can't give up hope. And hope is the title of this next song. Hope is waking Christmas least favorite song of the episode yeah i think me too but i didn't know gene vanderpile could sing no she does a good job though yeah, absolutely it's it's yeah. a good sounding song yeah that, it is. That, that's actually her singing because it sounded a little different to me i thought it was i thought it was her too yeah hey i'm, I, I'm just i'm curious yeah i don't know yeah because right yeah she can sing really good but yeah I, whoever it I'm is uh, it's a good little daydream of Pebbles and her parents waking up and opening gifts Christmas morning. No sooner does the song end that Fred and Barney come in for a landing at Bedrock Hall. <laughs> and what an entrance they make. <laughs> yeah, the sleigh hits something on the roof, like what it sounds like Santa did on Fred's own roof. So <laughs> this hall's not much better. Oh, these guys really got to take care of their roofs, man. For real, man. 
<laughs> Flips the pair down the chimney into the party just in time for Fred to not lose his job. Yep. And the entrance yep. just lights up all the kids' faces. So everything's coming up Flintstone. <laughs> but then it's funny because, uh, you know, uh, he doesn't have any presents for it. <laughs> no, he's like, uh oh, remember that last delivery over Switzerland? That was the last of the presents. <laughs> that was all of our presents. <laughs> We just got carried away throwing things over. <laughs> well, and with no other option, Barney suggests Fred tries using Santa's Christmas magic and waving his hands over the bag. After all, he's wearing Santa's suit and it works. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I guess Christmas magic is transferable. Yeah. So, I mean, you could ask is Santa magic or is the suit magic? But it's I feel like it's a little of both. I think you're right. Yeah. Especially later when we see kind of Santa magicking the suit back onto himself. <laughs> back on himself, yeah. Well, yeah. Or as Barney says, Christmas is the part that's magic. So that's probably the best oh, answer. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's true. Which would explain why it worked both for Fred and Santa's to zap it back onto himself. So it's just. Yeah. But I did like the the way that, you know, when he magicked him again with the little the cool little glittery effects. And then all of a sudden yeah. the presents just like float yeah. around when and... Santa did it. It was a little more pronounced. Well, he is Santa, right? <laughs> Fred is still just Fred. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but he's back home because with the kids and Mr. Slate, both happy and preoccupied, Fred and Barney realize they've got to get back to the real Santa back at their house. So without a word to anyone, they just rush out of there and back home. Where Santa tells him they did such a fine job, he'll give him a call if he ever gets into trouble again, which <laughs> has happened a lot since then. And we never saw Fred and Barney fill in after this. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, as the two see Santa off, we see Wilma, Betty, and the kids walking home, and the wives are not happy that Fred and Barney just ran out on them without helping to clean up. Yeah, I mean, I could see my wife being pretty upset about that, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty standard. Good for them. Yep. They, they need to give them a thing or two. Absolutely. Uh, and instead of sticking around, Santa takes that as his cue to get back to his wife. <laughs> Smart man also. <laughs> but before he goes, Fred asks, OK, so I got down the chimneys, but how do you get back up? And here's where we learn it's the old laying a finger aside of your nose and giving a nod up the chimney he goes. Yeah. Even with the fire still lit. Yeah. Uh, which I noticed as well. I thought, oh, man, Santa's going to like just get burned. <laughs> no, he just sort of he disappears he out of there disappears, and that solves yeah. the problem. Yeah. But I, all I could picture was like Santa Claus running around on fire. And I thought that's terrible. That's a, like that's a terrible <laughs> visual. <laughs> But thank goodness he read the uh, he read the night before Christmas, too. <laughs> there you go. But now that leaves Fred and Barney having to explain themselves to their very angry wives as to why they were so late and why they left early. Yeah, they don't buy it. No, they tell them the truth. They were helping Santa. And I guess that story sounds silly enough that Wilma and Betty don't stay mad at them for long. <laughs> this, it never works like that for me. <laughs> Wilma said earlier, you can never stay mad at Fred. Uh, I said true. that earlier, too. You were just so cute as Santa and an elf. <laughs> they forgot pretty quickly and they forgive them pretty quickly, which 
Yeah, Flintstones always did go in hard with the old never go to bed angry message. Yeah, they did. But mm. I mean, I got to try that next time, I guess. I just got to do something super cute and get myself yeah. out of trouble. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just the craziest alibi. Yeah. You'll never believe what happened. <laughs> like that story's dumb, but I love that you made it up. But I didn't. <laughs> Barney and Betty give each other their Christmas presents and Wilma gifts spread his, but yikes, Oops. Fred's got a hole in his pocket that was never mentioned. Oh, so now the Polar Express ripped us off too. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's just stealing from this episode. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Thankfully, Santa must have found it on his sleigh. Again, so he sends it floating down the chimney, narrowly avoiding that fire that's still going. <laughs> and instead of being dumbfounded, yeah. Wilma thinks, yeah. oh, what a clever way for my husband to give me my present. Because he's a magician. Was, okay, this boggled my mind. <laughs> how, did this, how did she not say what happened? How did you do that? I do not have the poker face to pull off that. I don't either. This was this was ridiculous. I mean, she just was like, oh, wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're pretty. Ah, neat. Yeah. <laughs> You're pretty awesome, Fred. <laughs> but Wilma's present is a pair of these giant saber-tooth earrings. <laughs> that she's been eyeing up for a while. And we never see again. Nope. But, but good save, Santa. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess they did it with solid, so... He got to repay the favor. Yeah, absolutely. That's it is literally the least he could do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and next thing you know, we hear sleigh bells and Pebbles and Bam Bam are watching Santa from the window. Wilma says something about, oh, kids in their imagination. But Fred and Barney <laughs> rush over to the window and wave goodbye, too. Bye, bye, Santa. Goodbye, Santa. Bye. See you next year, Santa. I mean, I would. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the wives are just like, oh, what good husbands. Yeah. What good dads. <laughs> uh, it was at this point when I was watching it that uh, my kids kind of came in the room and they heard the, the thing about Santa. And they're like, I want to see. And they just like rushed to the, <laughs> they just jumped all over me and we're just watching. And of course we nice. get the nice, yeah, the nice right. view of the sleigh. And uh, I mean, it was yeah. just, like, wow, can we watch it again? It's like, not right now, <laughs> okay. but we will. Yeah. So now they're excited to see it. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. The last shot is Santa flying over the moon, wishing us all Merry Christmas. Yeah. And we're out. Classic, classic ending. Do we have any final thoughts on a Flintstone Christmas? I liked it. I mean, I think overall they it did a fine job of, of showing, you know, Christmas during this time. But I, I agree. I would have wished, um, we could have seen a few more prehistoric type things going on. Yeah. Uh, but overall I thought it was, I thought it was great. Yeah. I, I absolutely love this. Um, it's like a, of the Flintstones Christmas ones. This is my, like my second favorite be behind Christmas Flintstone, which was part of the show. But uh, right. Uh, yeah. This, this one, you know, brings, brings all the feels. It's, it's great to see everything in there. And Almost every single episode, an episode, every Christmas thing has at least one song I don't care for because uh, <laughs> it was Santa Claus is coming to town has the one where Jessica sings and that one. Oh yeah, I, I tune out <laughs> on that one. Yeah. And then Blue, Blue Christmas in um, 
year with the year without, 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 without Santa Claus. Claus. I yeah. tune out on that one too. So, but no, that's I, a I weird love it. version of that. I, I watch it all the time. And on that note, as much as I love uh, a Muppet Christmas Carol when Bell sings, I just oh yeah, that one too. I tune out. over. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song, and she's a, a great singer. But it just I, I I don't know what it is. I can't I can't take it. I I understand. I disagree, but I understand. Yeah, I hear you. I'm happy they're putting it back in. I am too. I, I think it belongs in. It actually makes the movie Absolutely. a little bit better. It's just I have a hard time with that one. But just because we don't like it doesn't mean it doesn't belong in the movie. Yeah. There you yeah, go. It's, yeah. No. I I absolutely understand that it it's long. It's a long one and nothing happens. They're just sitting in that field. And it's slower, yeah. which tends to with these movies, if we get slower, you tend to go, uh now if it was yeah, if you get it outside of the movie and you're just like listening in the background, yeah, it's a great song. It's a oh yeah, absolutely a beautiful yep. song. Yeah. So, yep. I have one more thing about you're asking about Santa being sick. We did that a while ago. In Christmas Flintstone, Santa has a cold. Hey. <laughs> so I mean it's all uh, over the place. Detecting a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> he just likes to hang out at Fred's house. I think that's what it is. It's nice and warm. I mean, you know, yep. better than North Pole, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a good rest stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But again, this is the Flintstones Christmas special I remember the most. Yeah, Nowadays, here. I feel like the Christmas Carol one is more memorable to most people that I talk to. That's mm-hmm. from 1994. I'm saving it for a future Scrooge Sunday edition. But for now... Another countdown to Christmas in July has come to a close. Thank you guys for joining me for this one. It was a lot of fun as always. <laughs> oh, this is <laughs> was, a blast. Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much, man. It's always fun talking with you. And and it's always fun reliving these old, you know, nostalgic uh, Christmas specials that I just I, I love so much, but over the years I'd forgotten about. So thanks for bringing it back up to my attention. That's what I love about talking to both with both you, Mike, and Jerry, too. You guys bring up things that I have forgotten about in the past and it's like, Oh yeah, I remember those. And just this, the <laughs> nostalgia you guys bring back is just, it's awesome. I love listening to you guys and talking with you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate it. Well, I will return on December 2nd. That's a week after Thanksgiving. But if you're clamoring for more Christmas content now, you should follow both of these guys. So Oh, if shit. people want to arrive fashionably late to your Christmas party through the chimney, how can they find you, Jerry? So uh, I am at, uh, I mean, you can find me anywhere you get uh, podcasts, but I, I am the host of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. You can find me on social media, Twitter uh, at uh, Rad Christmas and Facebook and Instagram at Totally Rad Christmas. And I have a web page, but I haven't done anything with it. So don't go there. <laughs> I'm telling you, just forward it to the podcast. I know. I, and I keep meeting to it. I just haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> and Sean, where can we find you? Uh, you can, uh, Christmaspodcast.com is where you can find everything we have. We I, I do a week or uh, two weeks during the summer because it's been slower, but it'll start going to a weekly podcast where ep- as episodes drop, I'll inform everybody what the episodes are about and then. They can choose on which ones they want to listen to when and both Advent Calendar House and Totally Rad Christmas are on there and we're happy to have you guys on. We just added a new one at the time at the recording of this one. We just added um, Behind the Bells so to the website and I'm so glad to finally get him on the website and going through because he has some great insight to behind the scenes. So Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. we're 
we're at Christmas pods, all one word on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, uh, yeah, the podcast drops in any of the, the major feeds. Yep. And in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Fall West Mike and Advent Calhouse. You can find show notes for all the tangents we went on at AdventCalendar.house. Thanks again, y'all. It was a blast talking to you. Same. Thanks, Mike. It was great. So, <laughs> so Merry Christmas in July to you and yours. And for Jerry and Sean from somewhere over a tiny clump of furnished caves claiming to be Switzerland. <laughs> this is Mike Westfall with a friendly reminder to mind the icy patch. And if you get locked out of your house putting out the cat, just go through the window, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. And now, these messages. Marker. And action. Merry Monday, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Bells. Imagine. Making a child take something it doesn't want, just because he bought too many of the wrong toys. You guys give up, or you're thirsty for more? Join us each week as we go behind the scenes of your favorite Christmas classics. <laughs> oh, Santa's got a little trick up his sleeve. Someone should remind her that Christmas is more than barging up and down department store aisles and pushing people out of the way. Our weekly show explores the magic behind that Christmas magic. Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. For Christ's sakes, it's Christmas. Join us as we explore that Christmas magic every week. <laughs> <laughs>